0: They've got a sign that proves it. Oh, yeah. So uh, thank you very much for being here. Thank you wherever you are joining us around the Dallas Cowboys radio network. And thank you wherever and whenever you are. Oh, there we go. (laughs) You are streaming on DallasCowboys.com. That's what these little camera boxes are for. So, Brandon, (laughs) you can wave. Gotcha. And uh, that voice that just said, gotcha, is uh, one of the great stories in the NFL this year and he is the Dallas Cowboys latest NFL record holder kicker Brandon Aubrey give him a big hand thanks for coming thanks for having me you're an enigma young man you realize that (laughs) I guess you showed up one day from nowhere and uh, and you just done everything right Um, so first I want to ask you has anything surprised you about this experience?
1: Mm. Um, yes and no. I'd say um, just the, the volume of fan interactions and just the, the amount of pressure or interactions would be um, what surprised me the most. Um, but kind of expected a little bit of it, but you could never really prepare for exactly what it's like.
2: What have you enjoyed most about this ride?
1: getting to know and hang out with the teammates. um, Everyone's been great and it's been a joy hanging out with them in the locker room, especially Uh, my fellow specialists. They've been a great room to be a part of kickers
0: have different kinds of personalities. Some are high strung, some you almost have to want to take their pulse to make sure that, (laughs) that they're there. And I would say that you outwardly to people who don't know you, you appear to fall into that category. Um, As this, uh, streak has built, uh, have, you, have you thought at all about how remarkable it is that you've barely made a misstep at all? And what does this record of consecutive field goals at the start of a
1: career mean to you? I haven't really had a chance to think about it, and no, I haven't really had a, a moment to consider um, exactly what I've done just yet. Really just focused on making my kick, doing my job, um, as a kicker, any time you put that foot wrong, they're looking at maybe can we improve at this position. So it's just trying to make sure I keep my job from week to week. Uh, so really every time it goes through, I'm just blowing a sigh of relief and I can move on to the next one and start focusing on that one.
0: So that's a great point about trying to just trying to keep your job. The people who recruited you knew, uh, and we're going to get into your, your MLS background and your USFL background and why this was not just something fre- fresh from another planet for you but uh, but for most fans it's certainly been the case they're not familiar with that background and so you missed the first extra point right right and everybody's thinking oh, here we go again <laughs> and what were when you missed that extra point which
1: was the last kick you missed um, what were you thinking Um. It was an interesting situation. Obviously, I was sitting there drinking a cup of water, watching their field goal uh, team out there trying to make a a field goal to start the game off, and we blocked it, took it to the house, and all of a sudden I'm up, and i got to go find my helmet and get on the field and and go. So I wasn't quite prepared for that sudden change moment. Um, Obviously, pushed it a little wide left, um, and at, at the time, we sat down with Bones and, and Banger and Trent, and they talked to me about what a sudden change looks like. Obviously, I'd just been through it for the first time and what to expect. Obviously, we're celebrating, so the guys are not ready to go when I'm ready to go, so I'm sitting there waiting for 20 seconds because they bumped the clock, and I thought we only had five seconds left to go, so I'm sitting there waiting and um, wasn't ready for that. So, luckily in the same game, we got an opportunity to do it again with um, the pick six. So that time I just kind of waited for the refs to tell us they're ready to go and that the line's ready to go, and then got into my routine um, more natural. All right, so that's
0: two months ago. Last night you uh, – I'm, I'm going uh, to say you aimed for the left upright <laughs> uh, on, on the, the one that you and, – and successfully hit it. <laughs> and then uh, Coach Fossil said that uh, the kickoff that went out of bounds – he took the blame for for changing the alignment a little bit you'd just been so flawless fluidly flawless for two months did it surprise you when you like when you hit the upright did that surprise you a little bit
1: um, obviously uh, seeing it off my foot feeling it off my foot i knew it wasn't exactly where i wanted to put it so by the time i looked up i was just kind of praying hoping it would be not bad enough to miss and got lucky hit the upright and and it still went through
2: seems like you have this like calm about yourself even when you're on the field getting ready to kick a field goal field goal uh where does that come from it feels like you don't ever feel pressure just uh getting ready to go and kick that extra point
1: yeah it's from preparation obviously we've we've practiced that motion a million times and um, practice the situation, got my, my brain the day before going through all of the, the kicks I could possibly go through. Then uh, three hours before the game, I'm out on the field practicing it um, without without a ball. Then a couple hours before, we get the, the operations where we're practicing it. So I've been there mentally. Um, I've prepared myself over three or four years for these moments. And now that they're here, um, let's just go out there and turn the brain off and, and Rely on that muscle memory.
0: When the season started, what were your standards and expectations for yourself,
1: and have they changed at all in the last two months? Yeah, so my standard uh, expectations were focused on trusting my process, just following the process that I have for each kick, not focusing on results, and just kind of let the process deliver results. Um, so when it go- comes to individual kicks, it's just Making sure I'm quieting my brain and going through that mental process that I've, I've drawn out just for these situations. And making sure I stick to that. And if I ever start to wander or focus on the wrong things, um, just kind of reminding myself that and then using um, breathing techniques on the sideline to keep myself in that calm, focused state.
2: Is that the same approach that you took when you knew that you had the NFL record on the line or was yeah, it just kind of like, hey,
1: what? Absolutely. Yeah. Every kick I'm yeah. I try to treat is exactly the same. Um, and that can be hard to do, but that's where um, the process helps you flush out those thoughts and just focus on what you can do to make that kick.
0: Okay, let's go back and start the travelogue, shall we? <laughs> um, Plano High School. Yes. Were you born in Plano? Born in this
1: area? I was born in St. Louis, Missouri, okay. but I moved to Plano um, before I turned one.
0: Before you turned one. Okay, and I presume your parents were with you. You didn't yes. make that trip <laughs> on your own. Okay. Exactly. Okay, so you've grown up here. Plano is your childhood, and and uh, but you
1: were a soccer player. Yes. Football fan, interested in it as a kid? Yeah, I was a big football fan. Um, I played soccer, football, basketball, and baseball until middle school, and then um, – I cut baseball really early on. Um, basketball. Oh wait, right.
0: stop a minute. I love I, I love these stories. <laughs> and so many guys say baseball is the first one they cut. Yeah. I happen to love that sport. What 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 made you cut
1: baseball first? Um, I enjoyed hitting. It's just you only got to do that two or three times a, a game when the games lasted about three hours. So it's a lot of uh, waiting around to hit the ball. Um, okay. Not enough activity yeah. for you. <laughs> yes. Okay. So baseball's out. Mm-hmm. Then um, basketball shortly after, I just wasn't very good. And um, then I got rid of football going into high school. Um, There was a need to focus on one particular sport, and it looked like the the future was brightest in soccer at the time, so that's where we went.
2: I did a story on you actually maybe a couple of weeks ago on your journey. Uh, You started playing soccer because your brother, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, Uh, how, I guess, was that relationship growing up, how much did he – play a role in you being so good in soccer.
1: Yeah, um, obviously I had, for starters he was three years older than me and I just wanted to be just like him. I wanted to do everything he did and I wanted to be better at it. I always hated losing and anytime I would play him um, I lost so I worked my butt off to get better than him. Didn't pan out. We, we played in high school and um, he was a senior I was a freshman. He went to Jesuit. I went to Plano. It was my um, freshman year and he ended up beating me uh, twice, <laughs> and, and he won state, too, so he was a pretty good player in his own regards. And, and so what position were you? I was, at the time, a, a 10, an attacking midfielder, but slowly moved my way back to center back by the time I made it to the professional level. And
0: did you were you getting taller as that happened? That's frequently a lot of height involved in center back.
1: Yeah, um, I was actually the same height I am now really? when I was in – uh, when I was 12 or 13. When you were 12? Yeah. Yikes. Oh <laughs> Grew fast. Mom and dad must have been scared to pieces for yeah. a little while there. Right?
0: <laughs> um, so, at what point did you start thinking about playing soccer professionally?
1: Ever since I was in elementary school, anytime anybody asked me what I wanted to be, it was a professional soccer player. So, I was always watching the Premier League, and those were uh, my idols. Those were the guys I wanted well, to be your just team? like. It was Arsenal. Is it still? Uh, I don't really keep up with it too much anymore. I'm a big man you guy. Yeah. But that's another Rough story. years.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, it happens. Yeah. Um, okay, so you wanted to be a professional soccer player. And what got you to Notre Dame?
1: They had a very good program with a, a very good coach. Um, they had really solid academics, and that was very important to me. Um, when I was going through the recruiting process, Coach uh, Bobby Clark, had mentioned to me that they've had guys come through the program, get their degree in about three and a half years, and then get drafted in the MLS. And that sounded like a perfect situation for me to come out, in case it didn't work out, have a degree, but at the same time give myself a good shot at making it to that next level.
0: So what year was your senior year in high school?
1: My senior year in high school was 2013.
0: 2013, so MLS is kind of established by now. were your aspirations to play in MLS or to play in
1: Europe? It was always MLS. Um, the, the league, as you mentioned, was growing, and there was an ability to make plenty of money um, if you established yourself and made it for a couple of years. So that was always the goal was to be an MLS player. And, a- and that national team? You have yeah, those? absolutely.
2: How difficult is it? for the? I don't watch soccer, so for those who are – beginners and learning uh, about you know the MLS and things like that how difficult is it for you know making it to that
1: professional level yeah it's it's extremely difficult you're obviously competing in an international market where you've got players from all over the world competing for those spots and now the MLS is, uh, is a coveted league those positions are hard to come by you've got academy players that are coming up through the academy system now that are kind of taking over what the college um, positions used to be in the MLS. Mm-hmm. So now you're seeing a lot less college players make it into the MLS, and when they do, they don't tend to stick. That's kind of the story uh, with me. But um, it, it's, it's very difficult to go the college route now and, and make it uh, and stick in the MLS.
2: Since it is so difficult to stay in the MLS, though, how do you make yourself valuable? Do you, I guess, play multiple positions? You know, how does that work? Uh,
1: you just be very good, be very at, good. at what you're doing. Yeah. Um, so, the academy kids obviously are playing um, before school, and they go to school for a couple hours and they 're playing after school and they 're doing that five times a, a week then playing their games on the weekend and you 've got um, the college kids who are practicing um, every every day as well, but just for probably half the amount of time and um, it's only a, it was only a three month season when I was playing, and then you go into a, a more limited uh, off season where school takes precedence. so there's a lot less um, time for, for training there. And then obviously, you're training with uh, college coaches instead of the professional coaches that the academy kids are playing with. So you're putting yourself at a pretty big disadvantage in competing with the academy level. We are
0: just getting started with the Cowboys' record setting field goal kicker rookie to the NFL, but it's not the first time he's been a professional rookie. It's Brandon <laughs> Aubrey, and we are at Sidecar Social at the Star District in Frisco on the Cowboys Hour this evening.
2: And this segment is brought to you by Albertsons. When it comes time to shop for tailgate favorites, go to Albertsons and Tom Thumb. Get 10% off your groceries every Dallas Cowboys game day when you wear your Cowboys jersey. Albertsons and Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be
0: right back with Brandon Aubrey. Go Cowboys! Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertson. Welcome back to Sidecar Social at the Star District in Frisco. I'm Brad Sham with Nicole Hutchison. And our very special guest this week, Cowboys kicker Brandon Aubrey, record holding kicker Brandon Aubrey. And uh, we're delighted to have all of you with us uh, this evening. So we've just we're just getting started with the Brandon Aubrey travelog that got him to uh, where he is right now and we were talking about being a high school soccer player now uh, was besides playing you and your brother competitors and were were the family sports fans were you watching games fans of whatever
1: yeah I was a big um, Arsenal fan Uh, my brother didn't really enjoy watching or really playing soccer I guess at, at a certain point so um, he didn't really watch soccer with us. He was just naturally gifted. Yeah. He's, um, a, he's a goalkeeper. Yeah. Oh, so he's okay. kind of like a kicker for soccer. And yeah. Pretty much not considered a soccer player, but you are a soccer player.
0: <laughs> yeah. They can also be a little high strung too, yes. can't they?
1: Yeah, similar pressure as, as kicking. Mm. People really notice when you make mistakes, and you don't get a lot of them. Mm. Um, Family watched
0: NFL football or college football?
1: Yeah, that's what we we always would watch. We'd watch Cowboys games every Sunday, um, keep up with and pray for for wins, just like uh, everyone out there. But um, they were our team. The Cowboys were our team. But
0: you're just watching. You're not not sitting around saying, boy, I want to play. I want to wear that uniform (laughs) someday. You're hoping to play in MLS and play soccer for the U.S. national team. Absolutely. So... Uh, now we go to Notre Dame. Now you're drafted. A first-round pick in the MLS uh, draft by Toronto, yes. right? Yes. Yeah. The year after, just to frame the reference for everybody, this is the year after Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's rookie year, right? Twenty seventeen. Yes. Yep. Okay, so first-round pick of Toronto,
1: and you're thinking... Yeah, I got a shot. Um, got to go in there and earn a position on the roster, obviously... Um, in soccer, you've got two different teams uh, with each MLS club. you got a first side and you got a second side. Second side plays in a different league called the USL, similar to spring league football. Um, but the seasons are at the same time, and you bring players up and down from each roster. Same number of games? Similar. Um, so I just wanted to uh, go out there and prove. Um, you kind of got to climb the ranks, prove that I had what it took in the USL, and then, cement my um, place on the MLS side and then go get some some games on the MLS side.
0: uh, Just uh, for, again, frame of reference, a little bit like minor league baseball? Yes. Yeah, just like that. Play in the minors, prove yourself ready, up
1: to the big league. Yeah. Okay.
2: How long did it take you to climb up that rank?
1: So that's actually, I never quite made it. I never made my MLS debut. Um, I sat there on the roster but got loaned down to the USL side for the full season.
2: But you still gotta be proud, hey! Making yeah. it to the MLS—that's pretty really
1: dope. Here's what
0: I love, though: uh, <laughs> you wound up playing for Bethlehem Steel yes. FC. Yeah. Uh, was that was that Toronto's? Second team? That
1: was the Philadelphia Union
0: second team. So okay. That was my second year. Do you have any gear left, any Bethlehem steel I jerseys do. or shirts? I do have uh, You could be the only kid on your block. You know? Right.
1: <laughs> yeah, that team doesn't exist anymore. Is that right? Yeah. It makes it even more valuable. <laughs> right. Wow. <laughs> what do you still have, like jerseys? And I've got two jerseys, uh, the home and away kit for both. Oh, wow. Wow.
0: Okay, so um, at what point did the – Did you say this is, I've taken this pro soccer dream apparently about as far as I can take it.
1: Yeah, so it was that second year um, when when I was with the Bethlehem Steel, the the club was going to cease to exist, and Union was going to create another team called the Union 2, which is what most MLS teams have as opposed to a standalone affiliate side. So they were dissolving, and all the player contracts on the team didn't exist anymore, so... I was homeless again, looking for uh, a new team. So uh, if, you, if your glass is half full, you're a free agent. You yes. go play anywhere you want. Absolutely. If your glass is half yeah. empty,
0: you're out of a job.
1: <laughs> right. Right? Uh, so I'm, I'm looking around and kind of feeling what the offers are and the market value for uh, a USL center back, kind of aging at that point for a soccer player. Oh, at the age of? 25 or yeah, 24. Basically, we got no use for you at this right. point anymore. Okay. So um, – you know, I looked around and saw what the going rate for um, the USL was and didn't want to uproot life again and move to some uh, other city where I just got married um, and wanted to kind of settle down and move back to Dallas and put my degree to work that I got at another day.
0: And that degree was in?
1: Software engineering.
0: So we're going to we're going to flush all that, and we're going to just grow up and get a get a regular job. Regular yeah. adult job. Right?
2: Wait, wait, but question because you were you say the market value for a center back wasn't as high, but you could also score too as a center yes. back. I think in Notre Dame I saw you had like 15 goals in 76 games.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, that's still kind of pretty high yeah. for a center back. Right. So I mean, I don't know what made it so difficult for teams to just show interest? Well, there was,
1: there was interest there, yeah. it's just the, there was not a lot of money yeah. in the second tier of American soccer, so I mean I could have stuck around and yeah. kept pushing to try and make that jump into the MLS. Who knows, maybe I would be sitting here in the MLS if I did take that yeah. chance, but I thought the reward wasn't worth quite the risk, mm-hmm. so figured I'd go the safe route and I'd make double my money um, in the, just a normal software engineer job as a pro soccer player at that and, point. And
0: just before we let it go, when you're scoring these goals, you're good in the air, set pieces, you're knocking them in with your head? Oh, yeah. Uh, more than more than with your feet?
1: Yeah, no, I was very, very good in the air. Um scored a lot of goals with my head. Uh, and actually, I got to take penalties my junior and senior year. Really? Yeah, yeah, and set pieces. So I scored a couple direct free kicks my senior year. So. Okay, to time out for a second because <laughs> the – The subject,
0: uh, obviously, of head injuries is one with which the NFL is very deeply concerned, and for obvious reasons. And I've done just enough research to know that one of the most dangerous, in terms of instances of uh, eventual brain injury, one of the most dangerous sports is girls' soccer. Interesting. There's like, yeah, it's it's an amazing number of. Girls soccer players uh, who have to deal with with head injuries later. So at any point when you're up there cracking your neck and knocking <laughs> balls in from 15 yards out with your head, where, did you any of that ever cross your mind? You ever worry about that?
1: No. And uh, did you
0: ever smack skulls with somebody up in the air?
1: I did uh, my freshman year with a, a Clemson midfielder. Uh, the ball was kind of just popped right up between the two of us, and I went full speed for it trying to um, while staring up, trying to flick it over. And he, he did the same, and I kind of ran right through him. And, um, he needed some stitches, but um, I was fine. I finished the game out.
0: No headaches, no concussions? And
1: Nothing. Got really lucky. Man of Steel.
0: <laughs> okay, but we're going to give that up because there's no money in it, because it's, uh, it's the USL. And so now, now we're going to come back to Dallas and, and do what with
1: uh, computer software? Well, um, I looked for a job for a little bit um, and found one with GM Financial as a software engineer. How was that? It was fun. Um, I enjoyed the, the, the group of people I was working with, um, but just didn't enjoy being in an office yeah. for uh, eight hours a day and kind of looked back and maybe thought I took being a professional athlete for granted and mm-hmm. still had some, some juice in the tank and thought, how can I do this? Or pursue professional athletics and make a good living doing was, it.
2: Was that something that you wanted to do, or was, does someone else play a role in oh, yeah. you know, helping you?
1: Definitely, uh, the wife pointed me in that direction. Yep. She <laughs> said, you're, "You're around here <laughs> too back. much. You're around here way too much. We
0: need you. Yeah. <laughs> you got to get a hobby."
1: Absolutely.
0: Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, how, how did we? How did you find the USFL?
1: So um, that's a, a long story I spent about... Oh, it is? Then hold on. Let's take our, <laughs> look, we'll take our next break. Gotcha.
0: And we'll come back and we'll devote all the time we need to it because it involves a former Cowboys kicker. Uh, and, uh, and we're going to get this young man to the NFL uh, maybe before the next break, I promise, because <laughs> now he's a record holder. It's uh, Brandon Aubrey, the Cowboys... Rookie kicker on the Cowboys Hour at Sidecar Social in Frisco this evening.
2: Yes, and this segment is brought to you also by Lucchese, the official bootmaker of the Dallas Cowboys cheerleaders.
0: And we'll be right back on the Cowboys Hour. Cowboys Hour, supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour. We are in our regular Monday night spot at Sidecar Social in the Star District in Frisco. Brad Sham, Nicole Hutchison, and our very special guest, Cowboys kicker, Brandon (laughs) Aubrey. I should say, yes, please. Um, Two months of the calendar have just gotten away from me. And I should remind everyone that uh, we will not have a show on the Monday night before Thanksgiving. Okay, we never have a show on the Monday night before Thanksgiving. Just way too short a week for the players especially. We will have a show the next week, even though the Cowboys' next game after Thanksgiving is the following Thursday. But... Monday night will be Thursday on a seven-day calendar. Trust me, we've worked all of this out. So no show on uh, Thanksgiving week, but we will be back here the, uh, the week after. But here we are tonight with Brandon Aubrey, and we've gotten him laboriously. He's taken a village to get him from high school in Plano all the way through Notre Dame, MLS, minor league professional soccer, now you're a software engineer yes and the competitive juices are flowing faster than they could be sated by the computer software job yes okay get us now to the uh, u.s football league please
1: yeah so it started um sitting on the couch watching football with with the wife and she mentioned uh after watching a kicker kick that hey i think you could do that and now, you was
0: this the NFL or the... NFL. Or NFL, okay. Yeah. Yep. And so your wife said, you could do that.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I looked at her and like, eh, I don't know. You know how much effort goes into being a, a professional athlete. And obviously, she saw me go through it with soccer and her saying that. Um, maybe there was something to it. So we, we went out and grabbed a football and a uh, pair of sticks and went out to the field and saw how we could do and looked like I, you know, maybe she, she was right there, so... So you'd I, never really thought about it before that. Exactly.
2: I saw the videos actually on YouTube. Were those the videos, I guess, when you were going out there just testing
0: the kicks? Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah You'll have to show
1: me. <laughs> okay. So you're out there kicking? Yeah.
0: And you say, well, you know what? Maybe you're right. Here. Yeah,
1: exactly. I uh, <laughs> saw um, what my range was. By the way, was. she's always right, just oh, so you absolutely, know. absolutely. Yep. Just so you know. Yeah. She's always right. <laughs> <laughs> so I just kind of saw what the range was and figured, you know, why not? Okay. And now? Um, then we go uh, pull up Google, find a local kicking coach, and just click on the first name and give him a call and showed up at one of his um, camps, which turned out to be for middle school and high school kickers. Okay. <laughs> Trying to figure out how to get to college. Okay. And um, just kind of kicked with those those kids and formed a relationship with the kicking coach there. And his and name is? Brian Egan. Okay. He's a, he's a local, obviously, and... Um, kind of asked him, so do you think I have a shot at this or am I m- wasting my time? And he said, mm, you've got the tools, um, if you're willing to put the time and effort into figuring it out. So we, at that point decided to spend, um, did you even know what that meant when he
0: said, if you're willing to, s- to spend the time and effort figuring it out. Did you have a concept of what that even really meant?
1: Yeah, uh, I've been through the process before with soccer. Um, As a young kid, spent pretty much all my free time after school playing soccer, trying to chase down that dream. So I figured it'd be pretty similar. And obviously starting out um, knowing a little bit more about what it means to be a professional than I did back then. So at that time, we decided to spend a lot of time together. I'd race home from um, work and go straight to the field uh, four times a week with him. And, um, now, is your wife
0: still in favor of this now that you're spending <laughs> right. all your free time with Brian Egan?
1: Right. Um, I think so. She, she was great. She supported me the whole okay. time. Good. Um, she knew um, what the reward was at the end of the, the tunnel. Um, and it took maybe a little bit longer than she would have liked, but we got here and she supported me the whole way. So she kind of had a vision of you as an NFL kicker.
0: Before it ever got on your radar. Yeah. Okay, so now get us to the
1: USFL. Right, so about two years into working with um, Brian Egan, he said, I've done all I can do for you. You need to go out and um, put yourself through the kicker circuit. So, for those who don't know, um, specialists take a long time to break into the league. A lot of them don't come right out of college and find a home and start kicking. Um, So, there's a big Circuit, I'd call it. And they for, usually, for a
0: lot of guys are with multiple teams before they yeah. settle in, right? right?
1: And so there's this big free agent circuit where you go from event to event in front of NFL scouts and try and perform in front of them and give them an opportunity or force them to give you an opportunity in a tryout. And then you go through the tryout circuit where you're going through four or five teams a year and um, kicking about eight balls in front of them and hoping they give you a contract to give you an opportunity. Is
2: there a set number of tryouts that you can do or just as many as, as until many, it takes?
1: Yeah, teams just give you a call and say, we want to see you. Um, so they, they work you out in their facility and if they like you. And yeah, heck, if they, they like you, they still might not sign you if they don't have a spot for you. So um, I put myself out there. I go find John Carney and um, – Gary's Honor and Nick Novak, and go to their events and try and learn from them, um, get their advice. Carney and Novak are former NFL kickers. Yep. And now they do that for a living where they, they train kickers and try and teach them what it means to be a pro and how to um, get to the next level and survive once you get there. So I spent about a year going through those circuits and, um, and i still
0: of, working software.
1: Yep. And still feel like I'm kind of smashing my head into a brick wall because all the NFL teams are looking at me and saying, well, you look like you could do it, but you have no film. You have no evidence that you can actually do it in a game environment. Um, So we we can't be that team that goes out on a limb and gives you an opportunity. Nicole, this is like
0: trying to get a broadcasting job without a tape. Yeah, that's... (laughs) See, I'm articulate. I can say all the words, (laughs) but, yeah, can we just see you do something? Exactly. How
2: difficult was that for you, having to... Still, one you're working a full-time job, right. and then you're trying out for an NFL team or a USL fil- USFL team, uh, and then still trying to stay like afloat. And, you know,
1: right. no, it it was tough um, for about a year there. Um, you're going to these events, you're comparing yourself to other kickers, and for me, I felt like I was as good, if not better, than the guys that were getting the opportunities in, in the NFL from from these from these workouts so um it was kind of frustrating and i felt like you know maybe there's no path here since all the nfl teams are giving me the same same line um and at that time there was no usfl and the xfl had just closed so because of covid yep so there's nothing in 20 right and i had been to canada obviously with with toronto so um My wife couldn't get a a work permit up there before, so I didn't want to move up there and um, obviously not make as much as an NFL player would be making, um, and not be able to bring her with me. So um, the biggest opportunity that kind of presented itself on a golden platter when it when it came out was the USFL. So when they started in twenty one, yeah, when they started to um, come around and news was coming out that there was a a worker kickout or kick out a kicker workout block <laughs> gonna be taking place in San Diego um, and actually run by John Carney I did everything to get my myself out there and um, treat that as a workout in front of um, all those USFL scouts
0: and and correct me if I'm wrong but 21
1: was the year that the
0: USFL was entirely played in Birmingham Correct.
1: Everybody played their games in Birmingham. I think it was 22 was the actual. 21 was when they're talking about um, establishing. I think 22. Oh, I guess that's right because yeah.
0: they would have played this year. Okay. Yeah. So so uh, w- so you go to San Diego. What
1: happens? And I had a really good performance, and they handed out contracts to about 12 to 15 kickers, and put your name into a, a pool to draft from, and that's where the Notre Dame connection came in, and when the draft came around, um, John Carney had recommended me to uh, Skip Holtz, who was going to be the coach of the Stallions, and he had the last pick in the draft. And And his his kicking coach was? His kicker at Notre Dame was uh, Carney.
0: uh, But where does Chris Boniol come into this?
1: Okay, so Chris Boniol was um, the coach, the special teams coach for the Stallions my second year there. There you go.
0: Right. And, of course, former Cowboys kicker. And right. So um, 22 went okay?
1: Yeah. Um, the first year I was there, um, there was a lot of struggles kicking for around the league. They had a chip in the ball that was kind of moving it. Um, oh, really? Early on, and they got it fixed. Like an electronic chip. Yeah, to yeah. track the height and the speed and okay. the rotation and all that. And a lot of the kickers struggled with it. Um, maybe just out of pure ignorance, um, kind of kicked through it and made my kicks. And at the end of the year, I uh, did well enough to go all pro um, in, in the league.
2: Well enough. 14 of 15 <laughs> field goals? Yeah. That's more than well enough.
1: <laughs> but, but so
0: that year, so now you're a professional rookie for the second time. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that was my well technically that was my third rookie year. Rookie in the MLS, rookie in the USL, rookie in the oh, okay. USL now okay. in the NFL.
0: And then the last, this past summer, this year, this is when John Fossil found you, right?
1: Yes. Um, playing, um, playing out the season, we're about halfway through, and he reached out to me um, via text and just mentioned that he's been following me, that I've been doing well, and if I keep doing what I've been doing, that um, they're going to probably bring me in and give me an opportunity to compete for a job in camp. And you're thinking thinking great this is what we set out to accomplish we just want an opportunity we've worked our butts off just to have a shot and it looks like i might actually get that opportunity how did your so
2: wife react she, she was, was ecstatic
1: yeah
0: yeah uh, when you're excited what's that look like
1: um a little smile <laughs> yeah, but yeah
0: it's like this is you, oh thanks john okay. <laughs> yeah, i can i can make it that weekend right yeah Um, Has that served you well, especially being a kicker?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. As a professional athlete in general, just trying to limit the emotions um, so you can get through whatever you need to do to get the job done has been extremely helpful for me.
0: And you get then invited to camp. The situation here is fluid. How quickly after you got to Oxnard did you have a sense that I'm going to have a job with this team?
1: Yeah, um, that didn't really sink in until uh, the last preseason game. Uh, take it day-to-day, um, trying to compete for a job. Obviously, um, I was the only kicker going into the first week, but still, you're competing with everyone on the streets. So, you got to go out there and perform. Um, they don't have a, a long leash for kickers, especially ones with resumes that guy had. So, just go out there and compete for the job, make sure I'm putting my best foot forward and day-to-day, kick-to-kick, kick, trying to earn that position.
0: What a story. Yeah. And, it, and we're just... Plus, he made us all find out who Travis Coons was. <laughs> and and uh, we'll tell you who that was when we come back and take your questions for uh, Brandon Aubrey. We are at Sidecar Social in the Star District in Frisco. It's the Cowboy Hour, and we'll be right back. Hey, Cowboys fans, when you stay at Omni Frisco at the store. Cowboys Hour. Supported by Albertsons. Welcome back to the Cowboys Hour, Sidecar Social at the Star District in Frisco. I'm Brad Sham with Nicole Hutchison and our special guest, Cowboys kicker, Brandon Aubrey. And...
2: This segment also brought to you by it's big it's good and it's only for cowboys fans the Cowboys special from the cowboys and papa john's a large one topping pizza for only $9.99 order today better ingredients better pizza papa john's the official pizza of the dallas cowboys
0: um and um we're about to go to the audience for some questions for brandon i just want to get a couple of th- now we this was quite a we've just lived your life this is your <laughs> life brandon Aubrey. um so you make the team. Did they tell you you made the team, or did they just not tell you you were cut?
1: Um, they just told me I was not cut. But um, I learned about it first on Twitter. Um, hearing On Twitter? I think it Twitter. was, think Social it was media. Jerry Jones mentioning, I think we have a kicker. So I think that's where I kind of set in. There wow. you go.
0: And, and so, uh, I mean, did you have any special feelings when you got the jersey, when you put the game jersey on <laughs> the first time?
1: Yeah, absolutely, and seeing that rookie patch was a, a big deal. It took a moment there to really appreciate it and walking onto the, the field and it was It was quite a, a moment for me, especially with the, the candlelit um, uh, national anthem. It was a nice chance to sit there and reflect on the journey and kind of appreciate the step we we're about to take. Has it
2: really sunk in now that you're two months into the season playing for your hometown team?
1: Yeah, um, I think it has yeah. finally sunk in. Um, it's a, it's a great feeling.
0: The, the next time we have you on, Brandon is here with his beautiful wife. What's her first name? Jennifer. Jennifer uh, is here with him tonight, and I think we need to get to know Jennifer. Yes. Because I, because I <laughs> yes. got, because I got a feeling,
1: <laughs> she's way more interesting.
0: <laughs> uh, but. <laughs> but she can't kick that we know of so no she can't it's a tandem next time Jennifer okay <laughs> although okay. she has
1: made an 18 yard field goal really
0: really Yep. Yeah. Yeah. okay have you ever made a casserole mm, I <laughs> have made a casserole. <laughs> <laughs> okay let's go here good evening Brandon how are you my name is Rambo nice to meet you Rambo so this is a little follow-up to what Brad had just mentioned
1: you know you have all these teams in the NFL all these kickers in these in the NFL how does it feel to be the kicker for the Dallas Cowboys,
0: America's team?
1: Yeah, it's, it's awesome. Obviously, it carries with it a little more pressure and responsibility um, just with how big the media market is. So um, I, I've thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, obviously, I'm at home. I've got my whole support staff here, um, and I couldn't be happier anywhere else. Thanks. Thanks, Rambo.
0: Uh, earlier in training camp, you all had a little kicking
1: competition. Uh, early in training camp, they got rid of the other guy, and it was just you. Um, surely the powers of be had a conversation with you, and how did you feel going into that conversation? How did you feel coming out of that conversation? Yeah, um, going into the conversation, I would obviously had heard um, from the rumors that um, Tristan was gone. and. I was excited, uh, didn't know if they were going to bring somebody else in, but um, that conversation basically let me know, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to um, take the job um, without any competition where you get every single rep and we really want to make sure uh, we know what we have. So you're going to get every rep, you're going to um, just have every opportunity to, to prove to us that we made the right choice.
2: Howdy, howdy. Hey. 30 from McKinney. Here's something I want you to think real hard. Would you consider, or is it feasible, you trying to beat Justin Tucker's field goal 66
0: yards?
1: Absolutely. The right uh, situation arises. It's, it's definitely possible.
0: What's, what do you think your uh, range is given uh, no weather factor?
1: Um, that's tough to say. It probably depends on, on the day. I'd say anywhere Sixty-eight would be my uh, best bet. H-
0: wh- sixty-eight? Have you made a sixty-eight? Yeah. Oh, wow. Made a seventy?
1: With the right conditions. Yeah. <laughs> Feeling great.
0: W- w- so the right conditions, Zedmob, wind at your back, or no wind at all?
1: Uh, no rush. No rush.
0: <laughs> okay. So, yeah, that's interesting. How, how do you adjust to blocking everything out to do that job and not pay attention to these big people who are coming to try to do you harm.
1: Yeah, so the focus really narrows. And um, I don't know if I I ever really thought about focusing on the ball and blocking everything out. But it just kind of happens. Um, Really can only see the ball. And as it gets snapped, I'm focusing on my spot. So it kind of reduces the peripheral vision. And just as you're getting laser focused on on your task at hand, it just blocks everything else out.
2: You and Dak, I, I think I saw where Dak's best friend from college or roommate yes. is your trainer.
1: Yeah, he's the kicking so, coach. Yeah, that I Googled. How's
2: y'all's relationship kind of grown now that you've become a Dallas Cowboy? You and Dak?
1: Yeah, it's been awesome. He's been very supportive even through the competition. Um, in the early stages, he knew who I was, and he kind of had a Always supported me from from the beginning, so I'm thankful for that and having the opportunity to go somewhere where you have at least one friend or one person that's got your back. Uh, it it's really really helpful, especially when it's someone like Dak that's got a lot of pool in the organization.
2: He came up with the whole butter Aubrey thing. Yeah, <laughs>
1: and how'd you feel about that? <laughs> yeah, um, I I love being. Um, you love being butter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Anytime you're talked about in a positive light or um, something like that from. Uh, from Dak, from your quarterback, it's it's a good thing. So uh, I'll take it and run with it. So he came up with butter because you were so smooth. Yes. Right. Watching you,
0: it's hard to uh, um, f- hard for some of us to decide whether the most impressive thing about what we've seen from you has been your consistency or your apparently imperviousness to distance, like 59 and 21. Just kind of seems the same. Yeah. Yeah. Is it the same for you? Um, There's there's a a little pulse increase from 59 yards? I'd say the pulse
1: increases closer you get. Really? (laughs) Yeah. Say more. Um, There's less pressure on you to make the longer field goals. So, like, anything that's really long, you kind of – you're free to swing away. And, you know, the only thing you're trying to do is make sure you don't come up short. So um, there's less pressure on the longer ones unless, obviously, the, the game's on the line. So
0: th- my, my, you know, I've got a really bad angle for w- watching kicks because we're usually off to the side. Yeah. But I don't remember, like, when you hit the upright yesterday, I mean, most of your stuff goes pretty much right down the middle, right? You're, yeah. not, you, you're not wavering from side to side. How do you develop that consistency?
1: Well, when I started um, – Kicking the first two years, I was kicking at a light pole. Um, didn't have uprights to, to aim at, so it was just on a, a grass field, like a recreational field with a big light pole, and that's what we were aiming at. So the theory is aim small, miss small. So now I'll go out there and I pick one little target behind the uprights, and that's what I'm aiming for. And if I miss it by a foot or two, um, it looks big visually to me, but small in um, regards to the uprights.
2: Aiming at a light pole? At a light
1: pole. Yeah. Yeah, uh have you have you uh,
0: do they still use USFL, I mean, um arena league uh, posts ever
1: in practice? Yeah, we have them up on both the grass and turf field out there. One on each end and it's what I use to warm up.
0: Right? That's like swinging a big fungo. I yep. mean, if you yeah. can, if you can nail that, you ought to be able to handle regulation mm-hmm. a regulation goal posts. Right? Yeah, absolutely. So mm-hmm. what are you too locked in to be having fun, or are you really enjoying it at the same time?
1: No, definitely have moments to enjoy it. Um, You've got to be locked in, and you need to be locked in, but can also lock out and enjoy it when the, the pressure's not on.
0: Okay, I've, I've spent not enough time. we only got less than a minute left, but the importance to your success of Brian Anger and uh, Trent Sig the three of you are kind of like a unit right how does you how do you develop that chemistry
1: absolutely and it's just it's reps and and being there and hanging out with each other on a daily basis we spend a lot of time together in camp a lot of time together um, in practices and after practices so just getting to know each other and then on the field getting as many reps as possible and obviously they've had long um, successful careers and They've been able to impart wisdom on me and just make my job easier.
0: All right, folks. Brandon Aubrey, there he is. He's just getting going. And uh, I hope we all know him a little bit better right now. Brandon, thanks. No, thanks thank very you. much. Thanks for having me. Jennifer, thank you. <laughs> we'll see you next week on the Cowboys Hour. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about you, Cowboys? Yeah!